0: Welcome to this week's edition of Debriefing the Law and Courtroom Quarterback. I am Joel Oster. I am Chris Marone. And this is the week that was made for the title of this podcast because we're going to join whatever it is, legal analysis, cutting legal analysis with football. And that is what Thanksgiving is all about. The three Fs. What you what are the three F's? You have food, you have family. And then you have a football as well. And and so as part of the the Thanksgiving tradition, Hey, I'm just curious, Chris, is there any interesting Thanksgiving traditions that you guys do? I do know because you sent me pictures right before you started this podcast that your mother is cooking up a storm there in your kitchen. I don't know how you keep your, your weight off, uh, but what what are your traditions?
1: Uh, We do a couple of fun traditions. So mom flew in from California um, she's been baking nonstop for the last three days. So we're gonna go around to our neighbors and do a neighborly okay. thing where we hand out a bunch of cookies to just, you know, nice. re- I mean, post COVID, we try to reintroduce, reintroduce ourselves to our neighbors as much as possible to build that community. Uh we usually go um and go to the movie theater on Thanksgiving okay. Day. Um Feel bad for the kids that have to work Thanksgiving Day, but that's what we do. We don't usually do a big <laughs> feast. We do we do the feast earlier in the weeks because you know we're all adult kids now, so we all have wives well, and families and other. Hold stuff to on, go to. hold on, pause. Yeah, you don't do a big feast, not on Thanksgiving. We did it on I mean, Sunday,
0: but turkey. I'm talking the turkey. You don't do turkey on Thanksgiving.
1: Not on Thanksgiving. We did it on Sunday. We did a like a 20 pound bird on Sunday.
0: Wow. I did not know yep. that. Okay. Yep. Interesting. Yep. I did not know you were a communist, but you learned things 100%. here. 100%. <laughs> you are- Thank you, comrade. I'm glad we <laughs> can all right. enjoy this. I cannot believe you do not do turkey on a Thanksgiving. I've heard some people try to rebel, and they maybe will have some pizza, which is fine, as long as it is turkey-flavored pizza. But you you got to do
1: turkey. Well, so I you might just go to like, did- Denny's and get like a turkey sandwich or something. I mean, I might have turkey in some form or another, but we don't do the giant... Because it, growing up, Joel, it was my mom, my brother, and I, the three of us. And so we went and did other things on Thanksgiving than sit around all day in the house and, like, have my mom prepare this giant meal for just the three of us.
0: Okay. Well, that, that does make sense. Yeah. I, and I, I get that aspect of it because I am actually the cook. Come Thanksgiving, I am the one that's in charge of the meats, and so I went and bought my turkeys. I have Tyrone and Tyrene there in my my refrigerator right now, brining because I'm going to be smoking them. Uh, I would love to smoke turkey, and so the key to smoking turkey is to two two keys. Uh, okay, number one, you got to brine. Do not cut of that step out. You got to brine. Always got to brine turkey, it. Oh yeah, that's how you, it becomes so juicy. And then when you when you smoke it. Um, you got to use a, a light wood. They're like an, an, alder wood or, or maybe a, an apple wood or something maybe like that. You don't want wood? that cherry wood w- would work. Yeah. You don't mm-hmm. want the, the hard smell, the hard smoke on a Turkey. Usually like that a little bit uh, less than that. So you okay. got to brine that this. Turkey. Yes. And, and you got to smoke them on Thanksgiving. Those are my two critical must haves, uh, for uh Turkey day. It is my favorite holiday. So have you picked out a movie yet?
1: Uh, we're gonna go see Encanto, the new Disney movie about the the family that has superpowers. That's a something okay. like that. Yeah. All right. Good, or we're good. gonna see Eternals. One of the two. Now I will
0: just tell you, actually. I want to tell your mother, Kansas City is not that far away and I think Amazon ships. And so if you have extra cookies just lying laying around, I have no <laughs> idea what the right right word there is, uh, feel free to ship them to my address. I promise you they will get eaten. but this is my favorite
1: holiday of the year. Joel, I'm gonna make you cookies for when you come out in February. Nice. So you will have cookies. Don't you worry. The cookies will be there. That is a Marone family staple. That's how we greet people. That's how we love. So are you going to
0: keep those cookies until February, or are you going to make some new ones?
1: I'll make some new ones for you.
0: Good, because I know in my house, cookies would not make it until uh, Thanksgiving. My brother one time, he said, hey, Joel, my brother lives in Eugene, Oregon, and he said, hey, we had the best apple fritters in the world right here in Eugene, I am going to buy some for you, because he knows I love apple fritters. I am very particular Delicious. on my apple fritters. They have to be crunchy and have a lot mm. of apples in them. But nonetheless, I don't like the fluffy kind. And so he said, Joe, I got some for you. I'm bringing them to the airport so you can have them when you get off the airport. Ooh. Do you think there was an apple fritter there when I got off the airplane?
1: No, not even a little no,
0: bit. He, he ate it. That's he right. what brothers do. Boat. He he ate his apple fritter, and then he ate mine as well. I've not <laughs> let, him let that one down. Winnie. Exactly. Hey, apparently, it worked, because then I was really enticed to try that apple fritter. And eventually, I did get to taste them, and they, they were quite uh, they were tasty. But th- this is my favorite holiday. Now, Chris, I do want to give you a heads up. As we go into these future podcasts, you've got to be a little bit kind with me. I turned the big five zero this week, and so mm. when you deal with the senior citizens, sometimes you have a little bit more, you know, um, patience, I guess, as you deal with the elder yeah. elder crowd. I don't know, but hey, it, it was fun turning fifty. So we, my wife made the most incredible apple crisp for thanks uh, for for my birthday. And so Aww. she said, "What do you what do you want for your birthday cake?" Yeah apple crisp. Let's do apple crisp and it was amazing. And so, uh yeah, I, that's not the best way to enter the Thanksgiving when you're already full from apple crisp, but hey. One other thing before we jump into these trials and all the great legal stories from this last week, I as a public service announcement, let me just put this out there for all of our listeners. If you are working on a big computer project, <laughs> make sure you save it, right? Often, I mean, often. It, if you have a backup plan installed to make sure you keep your critical files, if you don't actually access, though, that backup drive to save your files, it is going to do no good for you. As Chris knows, we were delayed in starting this podcast because my computer crashed. It wouldn't start up, and so my that? I called my... I called my IT department. Luckily, they're not in school this week, and so they're home for the holidays. So I called my IT department, otherwise known as Zach, and he said, well, I assume that you saved all of your files, right, on Bob. Now, Why you know would you, you assume that? Bob is the name of our backup storage system. I think it's called an NAS. I don't know if I, if I got that right. It's like our own personalized dropout box that we have just for our family, and you know, we all can access Bob. But apparently, if you don't actually move those files over to Bob, Bob cannot save your files. Bob has limitations. And so Mm -hmm. I recorded four eight-hour programs. I I teach these CLEs. These are full eight-hour programs all done to the tilt. I recorded all of them. They are all lost. Also, right now, I did a eight-hour PowerPoint presentation this year called Trials of the Century's Notorious Stories and Famous Figures, also lost. Gone. So while we're doing this podcast, in the back of my mind, I am going to be thinking, is my son saving my work, or has my next <laughs> month now been shot to heck? But hey, that's just a public service announcement. Don't forget to access Bob. All right, Always save your on. stuff, kids always save your stuff. You got to save. Yeah, the, the the best laid plans for saving for backup, it's useless if you don't actually do that plan. You know, operate that plan. I failed to do that and so I am in big trouble. All right. Let's jump over into the legal news this week. Uh Chris, what? I know there's a lot out there in the world of so law much. that we need to unpack. And Chris, you and I have been talking how can we improve this podcast? And one of the thoughts is Let's do this podcast where we cover the things that are being discussed in the legal news. But also, we need to provide a little bit of Inside Baseball. Now, I recognize that some of you are are quite young. You don't get that reference. But back in my day, you know, since I am 50, Chris, I know you are not quite to the 4-0 stage yet. So did you ever watch Inside
1: Baseball or This Week in Baseball? I did. But it turned into Baseball Tonight on ESPN. So. That's the iteration that I got, but I know what you're talking about. All right. So during that, that the show, so they would give you a little bit of
0: inside information, things that only the people in the biz would know. And so that's what we need to provide our listeners, a little bit of inside baseball, inside courtroom. So when we talk about these, these courtroom issues... Let's bring a, the analysis to it that only a lawyer would. So but right. but we also want to cover some of the headline stories. Well, let's start off with the Maxwell trial. So talk Chris. I know we're we're going to talk some inside baseball stuff here, right? Right, of course. I'm going to let you start off here. How do you pronounce her first name? Jassane. Is that what you're going with? Jussain? Jussain Maxwell. All right, there you go. I had no idea, so I punted it off to you. There we uh, go.
1: I'm trying here. It's just it's what I hear from the the news sources. They keep calling her Justine Maxwell. So no L, not Just Lane, Justine. Right. I think it might be because it's a French thing. I don't know.
0: Okay. I am so bad with enunci- with enunciating words. I actually, mm-hmm. I taught this class and I covered the um, the Leopold and Loeb murder trial. Fascinating murder trial back in oh, the very 1920s. very much. And yeah. one of the thoughts there, these are two young kids, you know, about 18 years of age. And they, in cold blood. Hearted, brutal fashion murdered, murdered one of their cousins. Well, yep. one of the reasons why they did this murder is they wanted. They thought they were supermen. They were disciples of Nietzsche, and yep. I, for the life of me, I cannot say that name. Nietzsche. I want to go. naisky. Nietzsche. Right, right, that's him. I want to say Naisky Nietzsche. So here's what I did. I found this website out there where you can download. The proper uh, pronunciations of words, and so I downloaded that that uh, proper pronunciation of that word, and I ran that audio clip on my during my class, so I didn't have to say it. If I forgot, I could just play that clip, and all was good. Nietzsche, exactly. Nietzsche, Nietzsche, Nietzsche. and in a robotic voice. That's right. Hey, you could do that for me. You could be my robotic voice. I'm down for that. All right. Well, what what is the Maxwell trial all about?
1: Well, for those of you who are not well-versed on the Maxwell trial, we all know the name Jeffrey Epstein or should know some iteration or it should ring some bells. Uh, Hold
0: on a second. Hold on a second. I got to say something. Okay. Epstein did not kill himself.
1: I just want to get that out there right now. 100%. (laughs) If you believe Epstein killed himself, please stop this podcast right now. Go find a psychiatrist or psychologist (laughs) and start talking about the issues that you have because you are clearly disconnected from reality. All right, right. that being said, now go on. I I did not mean to interrupt you. Epstein, who did not kill himself, was an alleged sex trafficker. Again, we're using the word alleged because he did not get his day in court. He did not be found guilty. But in the court of public opinion, Epstein did not kill himself and is a sex trafficker to very high-powered people across the world. The Epstein trial, the Epstein case touches on everything from British royalty to U.S. presidents to titans of industry and business to everyday Joe Schmoe. His alleged network of sex trafficking spanned the globe. He had his own private island where he would allow people at the right price to stay and engage in activities that are illegal, immoral, horrible, with essentially children. Um, And Here's the thing
0: about that. He also is rumored to be worth, uh, he's dead now, but was worth a half a billion dollars. How does one amass that kind of money? I know that he was alleged financier, but then they also thought, well, he doesn't really have that much training in that area. He has this this private island where he would bring all these... obviously wealthy people too. Very and if wealthy you're wealthy, people. you're probably maybe famous. Uh, there are some names here that right. the public wants to know about, uh, to this private Island. And how did he become worth a half about. a billion dollars? So these are questions the public wants answers to.
1: Right. And the hope is that Maxwell, who, um, is alleged to be an Epstein associate one of the top levels Uh, she's been compared to the COO of the Epstein organization uh, by, by some of the uh, more zealous media outlets out there. But this trial coming up is, is Maxwell being charged with eight counts, six in the original indictment and two counts added later, essentially of conspiracy to uh, have minors travel for, Sexual, um, illegal sexual acts. She does have a she does have two counts of perjury in there because she lied under allegedly lied under oath, but most of her counts are all related to sex trafficking. So, conspiracy to entice minors to travel, to engage in illegal sexual activities, um, helping engage in sexual activities, things to that effect. So, anything and everything to do with sex trafficking.
0: So, one of the big problems. Right, one of the big problems with Epstein's untimely demise is the public, and more importantly, the victims right. wanted answers. They wanted right. to know what was going on here. What what was this enterprise all about? They wanted someone to be held accountable. And so, when Epstein you know uh, departed this this earth, right. uh, his life here, um, people thought, well, now we can't get answers. Well, not so fast. We have his right hand woman. I was going to say right. man, but clear right-hand woman. And so now Maxwell is, as you've said, maybe the CFO, um, the COO, she is the one that allegedly groomed and found yes. these young women and kind of brought them into the fold and then right. maybe allegedly participated in some of these acts with them. We don't know yet. Right. And and so the, the thought is maybe we can get some of these details from her. Now, I will say there's a lot of people you have to know. There's a lot of nervous people out there. Even the good Queen Mum, there, uh, you know, the Queen of Elizabeth, yep. her son has been rumored to be to have made several trips to that island. Yep. Bill Clinton, there's, I'm yep. assuming you've seen several of these pictures. He was on his private jet as well, right. maybe taking some trips. It was it possible was he involved? Donald Trump. Obviously he had a lot of pictures taken with Epstein and also of Maxwell. Trump said she is a r- real good woman. And so right. there is a lot this idea. Why did you say that about someone who was just charged with sex trafficking? I think his exact quote it was something like, I hope it goes well for her, something right. like that. Yeah. So yeah, the, the public has, a, there's a lot of things here. The public wants answers to Chris, are we going to get answers in this trial?
1: Well, I'd like to be the first to say on this podcast that Justine Maxwell did not kill herself. Just okay. going to put that out there as well. Um, do I think we're going to get answers? Probably. We may get some, but not the answers we're looking. I don't think we're going to find some smoking gun, right? The lawyer, The lawyers are going to do their jobs, right? The defense attorney is going to do their job. Even though I was reading yesterday that the Southern District of New York's prosecutor says no deal there will be no deal on the table so they want to go full to trial and they want to start getting in evidence the judge seems pretty on board um to have a lot of the evidence come in but i don't think we'll ever be truly satisfied and this is a chris morone aside this is not legal theory or anything to that is you don't punish people in charge they'll they'll, right. they'll they'll escape punishment one way or another they'll get a slap on the wrist i mean bill clinton committed perjury and he left office with a super high approval rating because it became very politicized and it was one side versus the other my hope is that because the maxwell trial is going to expose horrible people on all sides of the political spectrum we'll be able to say all of these people are garbage and they should never ever again be allowed to have any sort of influence any sort of power we should indict them for all of their crimes as well right. and have a, have essentially all of us come together and go look i don't care if you're a donkey or an elephant or red or blue or whatever you are if you are involved in this heinous act you're going down
0: well let's and- talk about that if you are involved with this heinous act you are going down because i want to talk about government mm-hmm. exhibit Number 52. This is going to be the critical exhibit during this trial, otherwise known as the black book. Apparently Maxwell
1: kept a black book of all of her connections. God love her for it. I love when (laughs) criminals create a smoking gun. I love this. It's like, really?
0: Do you really need to keep everything detailed? This is going to be, you know, the prosecutors get their hands on this, which they did. Uh, Apparently Mm -hmm. Epstein's Butler, Got a hold of this black book. By the way, Epstein and Maxwell were boyfriend girlfriend at one point in time. For, long, and, for and a long so,
1: time.
0: For, yeah, for a long time. And so uh, the butler got a hold of this book the and tried to it. sell it to one of the lawyers. The lawyer said, hey, this is probably not right. I'm going to contact the, the FBI about this. So they arranged some kind of sting operation. They got this black book. And again, a lot of people are scared about whose names will appear in this black book so that is something to pay attention to now chris so this is a little bit of inside baseball information right here government exhibit number 52 here is our number two in my mind fascinating thing about this trial and about this black book the judge who is presiding over this trial so keep in mind chris that the higher ups The power, the man in charge, is a little nervous about what's in this book, what might come out of this trial, right? The the good queen, she's a little bit nervous. What are they going to say about my son? Uh, So you got (laughs) this idea. Pause for
1: a second. Yes, the people who are nervous are the people that are guilty. Okay, that's usually right, yes. Chris Marone and Joel Oster are not nervous about what this little black book is going to say. No, no, no. Not even a little bit. Barack Obama, (laughs) not nervous. George Bush, not nervous. People who are nervous, Billy Boy Clinton, Donald Trump, the Queen. Those people are nervous because they know what's in the book. Or, you mentioned those names and I
0: agree with that, but in addition... Other really powerful, rich people who give money to to politicians and campaigns. So you got that idea as well. Well, in that context, in that light, while this case is going on, the current president decided to appoint this judge to the Second Circuit Court of Appeals. But her confirmation proceeding has not been held yet. There's just been no Senate hearings. That's going to happen at the end of this trial, it's almost as if watch your step here, judge, we're yeah. giving you a little care we're giving you your promotion, make sure you do it right. And if you do it right at the end, you get this promotion to the second circuit. Chris, I can't believe they actually promoted her to the second circuit during the midst of this popular trial.
1: Oh, I mean, I'm not super shocked. This is how political things get buried. This is how we move stuff around it. It's a, it's a quote unquote, I'm using the finger air quotes here, like coincidence. I mean, she's obvious and all things aside, the judge is obviously well qualified and credentialed to hold the post in the second circuit. But it's very suspect that this is the time because Biden could have appointed her at any point. Right. right. They could have they could have left that seat vacant, let the trial, let it fall where it may, and maybe this judge completely botches the trial, right? A hundred percent drops the ball the whole nine yards, and then you don't want them on a circuit court because they can't handle the pressure of a high profile trial.
0: It fascinates so. me because I do not believe in coincidences. I know it could just be a no. coincidence that she is a highly qualified jurist and it was right. just her time to be nominated to the second circuit. I don't buy coincidences. And so we'll, we'll just monitor that as this goes on and sees how tight of a lid does she keep on these proceedings, what will be leaked out, because I believe that the defense is very concerned about what is in this black book. The prosecution so. needs this black book because they have to prove that Maxwell had a good idea and knew what what was going on there at Epstein's uh, fantasy. I don't know what you even call that island there. uh, That She had to have known what was going on. And when she... There's four different women here, victims, that are part of this trial. Uh, and, And so she had to have known that those four women that she was grooming... What she was sending them off to, and so they have to prove some kind of knowledge there and intent, and so they're going to need to to introduce that black book. But I think there's a lot of nervous people out there who don't want all of the contents of that black book admitted, and so we'll have to follow this this case and see what what happens there. All right, any other thoughts on this trial before we move
1: on? I just hope that it actually gets played out. Like at the end of the day. I want I, I you and I both love the American judicial system we love jury yes. trials we love we love the fact that people have a right to a defense and prosecution and the constitution allows for that and a quick and speedy trial and all that jazz but I just I want to see it play out like I want the justice system to work the way it was designed to do so and that the evidence gets let in and people see what's going on and if she's innocent then she's innocent right you've if she's found not guilty, she's found not guilty. I want the system to work so that way we can continually have faith in this justice system, rather than unilateral. She died in her prison cell, quote unquote, suicide type justice. That's not right, right. helping us move forward as a society. It's reinforcing these vigilante actions, which we're seeing more and more of. So I just want to, I just want this to to go off and let the chips fall where they do.
0: I do fear that I, I kind of see what she, her lawyers are saying when they say, "Look, we could the the public could not get at Epstein, so they, they're going to now get at her right. because they want to get at Epstein and they can't now, and she was too close to Epstein." All right, right. Also in the news, the Elizabeth Holmes trial. Now we're not going right. to uncover all of this today in the podcast. I find this trial to be fascinating. Chris, can you just briefly describe? What the Elizabeth Holmes trial is all about.
1: Right. So Elizabeth Holmes is a biotech entrepreneur in San Jose. She's my old stomping grounds, Palo Alto, San Francisco, Silicon Valley. Um, So her company was um, developing a pinprick blood test that would be able to detect a whole host of things. In one small prick, not to have to run multiple tests, not have to pull wow. multiple blood, being revolutionizing the tech market to be able to test anything from diabetes to HIV to 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 all sorts of different levels of blood characteristics, and okay. uh, the company was called Theranos. Uh, I only remember that because it reminds me of Thanos, and right? Right? So, right? Um, And she started the company. I had the same thought, too. Right. I'm like, it it is inevitable. It really is. But she started the company when she was 19. She got in with her, um, I want to say it was like CFO or COO, a gentleman by the name of Sonny, who was around 30 years her senior, was mentoring her in this process. And We'll pause on Sunny for a second because that that comes back into play of what the prosecution is trying to do, but essentially, um, she got a bunch of investors. At one point, she her personal wealth was around four point five billion dollars. Wow. Four point five do you, billion. What do you
0: guess is her personal wealth right now?
1: Oh zero. Isn't that zero amazing? Dollars. She went
0: from the highest of highs in society. Should have cast her mm-hmm. chips out right then. And now she's on my plane. That is an amazing right. transformation right. and loss Seven of wealth. Seven years.
1: Seven years, she lost $4.5 billion. But she was also – she was 30 years old when she had $4.5 So – and that's something we can unpack in later podcasts is how impressionable was she between 19 and 30 years old right. when all of this started to fall apart? Um. So that's a whole other discussion to have. But essentially – um. People started investigating because it seemed too good to be true that this technology was out there. And eventually it was found that she falsified some test results, overpromised some investors. So now we're in this fraud trial, which is the whole crux okay. of, of her trial is, did uh, Miss Holmes commit fraud to her investors, fraud to right. the government, fraud all the way around?
0: I'm telling you, that is a serious violation. And I didn't realize that I actually had a personal friend go through this. And here's what i want to just lay out there for you. If you have a business idea, all right, and you want to run with this business idea, it's not a guarantee. It's going to be a success. There are no guarantees in the business world. Well, if your idea does not turn out to be a smashing success, and so whoever you talk to lost their money, Now they are ticked off, and they want to sue you. Well, they just can't sue you because your business went bad. Businesses go bad all the time. So how do they sue you? You misled them. You led them down some path going down the wrong way. And what is fraud to one and deception to one? might just simply be things didn't pan out like you thought to another. And so a good prosecutor can go either way with these type of arguments. Now, I'm not sure that's really at play here, but that is the law at hand. When you are trying to get investors for your business, and you in some way fraudulently induce them to invest in your business by saying, hey, look, we're going to get a 50% return on the money, I guarantee it. Now, you can't do that. That's fraud. Right. Uh, or this product can do X, Y, and Z when it going to A, B, and C. That's fraud. So you got to be really careful because if your business goes south, your investors will be ticked.
1: Right. And that's first-year contracts, ladies and gentlemen. First-year contracts. Fraud in the inducement is a defense to first-year contracts.
0: Interesting. All right. Well, there you go. Um, we'll monitor that trial as well. She was the billionaire for a second lady. Mm-hmm. A fascinating story there. Well, All right. Well,
1: um, go let's on. Pick, let's just pick up real quick with the the sunny argument. Um, the one of the things she was testifying for the last three days, right? We had her on the stand. That she was telling everything, and one of the things that the prosecution was trying to get at was she's not the mastermind. That was the thing that really stood out to me in my in my little bit of research that I was doing in this, is they were trying to go after the chief operating officer, um, Sonny Balwani, was because one he was her lover and she was nineteen and he was in his forties, and wow. two he was the chief operating officer. So the prosecution is trying Hold on a to second. give her he,
0: for he was in his forties yeah. and she was nineteen and they had a relationship.
1: Yep, and yeah. and he's the COO. Not only that's is neat. she the CEO at 19, he's the COO. So there's a discussion there. Whether it's true or not, it's worth discussing because this is things that we ferret out in court is whether or not he was manipulating her into this unethical behavior because there's okay. absolutely no risk for him.
0: Right. Okay. So, that makes sense. Wow. So, that so that's is, something yeah, that are looking were... at as well. If I were her dad, I'd be going over to his house and beating the angry. crap out of someone. Not That's that right. I endorse that. I am just saying I don't have a daughter, so I can easily say that. This is not something right. that actually can happen to me, but that is just not uh, acceptable. All right. Hey, a lot going on in the world of law. A lot to law be thankful nuts. for that you are not one of them. You are not. You don't yes. have an ongoing legal proceeding. At least I hope you don't. That not is Not worried about to that be, black
1: book. Not worried that about that black a- book at all.
0: I am not worried about that in the least. Um, I will just say, Chris, in case you're interested, that while you were talking, I got a little bit of a a notice on my computer from my IT department that um, he has my computer up and running upstairs. And so maybe my files will be saved after all. Chris, you know the first thing I'm going to do is when I get my computer, when I get access to my computer? Autosave. Uh, let's hope I do that. If I don't, then I am dumber than you can possibly I'm going to ask
1: next week's podcast if you're up to auto-saving. We're going to have this All discussion.
0: Right. That sounds good.
1: Hey, let's now talk about
0: football. This is Thanksgiving week. We've already talked about the law. you got your family there. We have our faith. We've talked about food. It's now time to talk about football. So... Chris, let me just throw you the discussion point of this week. I'm, we're going to get to the fact that you went 4-1 and one last week. Yes, you have, you have bragging rights for this week. But I want to talk about something more pressing. Thanksgiving Day games. It is a tradition. The Cowboys play on Thanksgiving. We accept right. that. We understand Cowboys are America's team. It's also a tradition that the Lions play. Chris, why? No one cares about the Detroit Lions. And I can say that we have no listeners in
1: Detroit. <laughs> well, uh essentially it's that's the only time everybody watches the Lions. Let's be honest. <laughs> All right. That's that's the only time I'm gonna watch the Lions, is because they're the only game on. All right. So
0: maybe Henry Ford had some pictures of someone in power, and so right. hey, you guys gotta guarantee us that at least on Thanksgiving. When they can't watch anything else or too full to do anything else, they gotta watch Lions games. All right. That's right. Well, hey, that that is, will be here. that's obviously this week, but it's not just the Lions playing on Thanksgiving. This is rivalry week in college. Oh. This is when all the big rivals play. Week. Do you have a particular rivalry that you like to follow?
1: Of course, of course. Uh, they signed the paychecks around the maroon household. It is the ASU University of Arizona game. Current current winners of the rivalry game are ASU. There's a uh, uh, graph on the internet that says who is in possession of the Territorial Cup. And the entire graph is maroon because it's with ASU. And that's what we do. There's actually funny. There's if you're driving from Tucson to Phoenix, which is a two hour drive along Highway 10. Don't make that drive. It's boring. But there are several billboards that show that ASU is still the winner of the Territorial Cup. And they re- and they up those billboards every year with the score from the game.
0: Really? Every okay. year. Okay.
1: And it's in this in the six plus years that Megan and I, my wife Megan and I have lived in Arizona, ASU has won the Territorial Cup.
0: All six years?
1: Yeah. So we have not um we have not uh seen a day of U of A owning anything.
0: Wow. Okay. There you go. Now, I believe your coach is Herm Edwards. Is that correct? Yes, sir. I love Herm. I assume you know this. He was a former Kansas City Chiefs coach. We love him here in Kansas City. He also was, I believe, our defensive backs coach way back in the day under Marty Schottenheimer. So big fan of Herm Edwards. I'm so glad to see him doing well over there. Uh, are Are you
1: picking that game this week? Of course I'm going to pick that game, and I'm going to pick ASU. And look, this is going to be a gimme pick because right now U of A is like 1 in 10. So it's not like – I mean, it's a safe bet. Well, but there's a spread there. What was the spread? Oh, man, the spread is ASU to win by 21, I think it is.
0: got to cover 21 points, and you're still picking them.
1: Of course I'm still going to pick them. I have to pick them because someone from ASU might listen to this podcast, which isn't, you know – out of the normal for a popular guy like me around the ASU campus That's to have right. followers. And that, if exactly. I say that ASU is not going to cover, you know, I could, I could not have an office on Monday.
0: Or else it would be uh, somewhat pranked in some way. I could see yeah. that happening. So you are going to stick with who writes the paychecks and pick every time. Herm Edwards boys. Hey, my well, big go on.
1: last year, last year at the territorial game, ASU won 70 to seven.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. 70 to seven in this yes. game
1: yeah last year asu won 70 70 to the number seven singular factor number. factor of 10 factor of 10 so Ooh, that is, that's
0: amazing. I, uh, I can imagine that if you had seen the spread, Hey, would you take ASU? They're favored by 62. And you would say, yep, I think they're going to cover that 62 point spread. They're good for at least a 63 point spread. That would have been a pretty interesting decision. It would. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if you actually saw a spread of 63? So you said, I got to go the other direction. And then you lost because your team did not cover a 62, 63 point
1: spread. Hey, I for had me, that- Two weeks ago with Alabama having a fifty-five point spread. That's right. And I'm like, Alabama's not gonna cover fifty-five, and they won by fifty-eight.
0: That was amazing. How did the the how did Vegas peg that game that closely? That is right. amazing. All right. Well, uh let I wanna get into our picks here in just a bit. I just had to go there with you since you were talking about the rivalry game. I wanna first talk about the cfp uh the college football playoffs let's do that because in the latest rankings surprise upon no surprise cincinnati is now in the top four that has me excited i think cincinnati might actually make it to the top four at the end of this uh this period i guess you got what one week left two weeks left yep two weeks left um because they they don't really have anyone left that they have to play. What do you think? Do you think do you think Cincinnati is now in the top four, or might they get squeezed out by a two loss Alabama at the end of the end of the year?
1: I think that if Ohio State beats Michigan, okay, Cincinnati will stay in. If Michigan beats Ohio State michigan's gonna jump into the fourth spot and push cincinnati out i mean cincinnati's not a power five team so i think cfp is looking for any any way to push them out to get and and how much would that how awesome would that be for the cfp not for the fans at home but for the cfp to have you know have georgia at number one bama at number two uh, the Ohio State at three and Michigan Blue at four. That's right. like, that is their dream of a yes. CFP.
0: Right. And here's how that thought process would go Look, Ohio State had to play top five, top four team in Michigan. Alabama had to play the number one team in Georgia. Right. Who did Cincinnati play this last week? Tulsa? maybe yep. i mean come on are you really going to compare those two wins so why should we punish ohio the ohio state or why should the. we punish alabama because they had to play such a quality opponent so they are i think you're right at the end of the day there is going to be this temptation to squeeze out cincinnati in favor of these other teams under that theory that look cincinnati played a nobody and um ohio state had to play a real team as did Uh, Alabama that being said there is this idea that no the the nation is going to revolt the nation does not want to see two SEC teams in the final four nor do they want to see two big 10 teams one other long there's two other long shot plays here that we should talk about one is The um the the Big Twelve the Big Twelve has Ohio uh, Oklahoma State University there they're right they're knocking on the door if they could win out they would have beaten Oklahoma they will have beaten Baylor two top ten type teams and they only have one loss and so might they jump a Cincinnati it's possible the one other difficult team here to factor is. Notre Dame. Notre Dame right. had a lot of quality wins this year. So they the do. thought is, well, we should put Notre Dame maybe in the top four. We like Notre Dame. We like their national following. There's one hitch in that giddy-up, and that is they have one loss, and it's two Cincinnati. And so Cincinnati probably, they they, they cannot with a straight face put Notre Dame over Cincinnati, though that has never stopped the planning committee before never. from doing things in their financial best interest.
1: No, not even a little bit.
0: All right. Well, I can see I can see
1: them moving Notre Dame into four, bumping Cincinnati to five.
0: But oh, that's God. awfully hard to do. To right. put Cincinnati below Notre Dame when they right. beat Notre Dame. Right. But I, I agree with you. I I I can see them just saying we're going to do it because we can, and we don't care yeah. about the little guy, Cincinnati. That's one hundred percent where we're at. So I do think it's going to happen. Hey, it's it's. We got to remember follow. the
1: college, the college football playoffs are just made up, anyways. Like there's no rhyme or reason to them, and we've been saying it for weeks. Like there's when just you nothing say
0: there. that I I'm going to suggest the opposite. I'm going to suggest that there is a rhyme and reason, and this is it. They want some faction of the, popula- the population to get screwed because right, if you're on the true. outside looking in, you're ticked. It creates interest. It creates a dialogue. So almost yeah. by design, they want to create inequities in the system so that people get mad and they follow it. I don't know. There's just a thought that I have that maybe they like. Yeah, it, it is crazy. All right. That being said, uh, my let me, let's do our picks. I'm gonna let you, I went first
1: last week. So
0: let me hear what your picks are for this week.
1: All right. Well, Battle of the Titans, Bears, Lions, right? You're the, taking the one. most defeated teams in in the NFL right now. Bears, Lions. The Bears are are favored to win by three. Okay. So um, I'm going to say the Bears, and I'm going to say the Bears are going to cover it. That's I think that's my safest bet of the week. Because um, you just don't
0: like the Lions. I get that. I, I'm with I you do. on that one. Those are two crappy the Lions. teams. Still, the, the reason why I did not pick that is the Lions historically have surprised people on. Just this one. Day. No, no other day of the year, but we on just... Thanksgiving Day, for some reason, they are competitive, and I have no idea why that is.
1: Yeah, it's because I don't know. It's because it's them. They just they want right. to show up. And I mean any given Sunday, right? We can have that discussion too any given Sunday. Right, right, right. All, All right, right. The next next the, one. The next one we're going up is San Francisco versus Minnesota. Okay. okay. It's it's at San Francisco, it's the home game and it's a 3 point spread again. Niners are favored to win by 3. I think the Niners are going to win and they're going to cover. Okay. Um coming off a pretty solid uh victory last week. Um so I think that that uh that they could win. My my odd number that I saw on this is that Vegas is predicting that the Niners will win but they won't win by the 3. They think that Minnesota there's a quote unquote 83% chance. That interesting. Minnesota will cover the spread. Okay. And so I found that to be funny about that, but that's really digging into stuff. That's going to be a close game. They are picking that, that one to be close. Yeah, it's going to be close, but I think the Niners are going to win by more than a field goal. Okay. Um so my next pick is Rams Packers. Now for those at home, Rams are my Super Bowl pick. We have been discussing this all day long. Uh we're going to take the Rams again. It's even money. Green Bay is favored to win by 0.0 points. Yes. Even wow. money. So this is going to be one of the best games to watch is to see what happens. But I think the Rams are going to pull it out, mainly because of my dislike for Aaron Rodgers. But emotion <laughs> right, getting right. the better of me, I think the Rams are still going to pull it out. They're going to have a better team. It's a it's a zero point victory. You, it's it's ridiculous. There is no reason to bet money on this game. You can't win. So, of course, I'm going to bet money on this game right 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 that should be a lesson to the kids at home yes we got i got one more and that's jets houston and i bet on the jets to beat the dolphins last week and they let me down that was my one loss so i'm gonna bet on houston this week to beat the jets after their amazing victory last weekend over the titans
0: I cannot believe they beat the Titans, and I cannot believe you are picking this game. You basically went and looked at the the um, uh, the schedule and said, "What are the two most pathetic, boring yep. games?" Up uh, the Lions Bears, yep. and then Houston <laughs> and the Jets. I want to make that's sure right. I pick those two games and, to bet on. And so, hey, you know what? That, that's more power to you. I like that. All right, those are your five picks. Some yep. of you and I are picking the same game on some of these. These are my picks. Really quickly here. The Steelers yep. are a four and a half point underdog to the Bengals. I am a big believer in the Steelers coach late in the season. I think he'll find a way to win this game. So I like that. Plus the four and a half points. The bucks are a different team when they have Gronk playing when Gronk is playing they, that offense just clicks. He is back now playing the Colts. Oh, yeah. I'll take the bucks minus the oh, three The chargers are playing the Broncos. This is a two-and-a-half point spread in favor of the Chargers. I am not a believer in the Broncos. I think they are horrible. So I'm going to take the Chargers there, minus okay. the two-and-a-half. I am going to take the Packers. The Packers are even up Ooh. with the Rams. I just I, – I, I don't know. I am not a Matthew Stafford it. fan. I love I think I Matthew Stafford chokes at the end of the year, and so I'm going to go with the Packers in this even-money game. Finally, I am going to take the 49ers over the Vikings. I like that yeah, game as well. It's a three-point spread. I'm, I, I, the Vikings scare me. They do. They always just hang around, and I can see that three points. I can see you and I both just washing out here. It's going to be a uh, an, an even number. Uh, it's it's going to be a close game, maybe a three-point game. But lastly here, so I know this is my sixth pick. I feel like I got to do it because it's my team. Yeah. Iowa... Versus Nebraska. Now, I want to just let you know, earlier in this week, Nebraska, I believe, was a three-point favorite. I could not believe that. Are you kidding me? Nebraska a favorite over Iowa? Spare me. Right? We play everyone close. We just don't win any of those games. And then this is what happened. Uh, Our starting quarterback, Martinez, goes down with a shoulder injury. And so now the backup freshman quarterback is going to be starting uh, for Nebraska against Iowa. So now Iowa is favored by a point and a half. I don't know, Chris. I mean, the smart money here is totally on Iowa. They are going to win. They're going to cover this. I'm going to have to go with Iowa. I'm going to have to go against my team, Nebraska, because I have, my heart has been ripped out so many times by cool. Iowa. Nebraska will have a 13 point lead. I don't care. They will lose on a last second field goal. And so I'm going to take Iowa and the point in a uh, uh, minus the point in half. So there you go. Those are my picks. Uh, right. Hey, you know, Chris, have a great, uh, Thanksgiving, uh, feast whenever you eat, I guess it's leftovers now, but a lot of cookies are in store for your future. For sure. Have a great week. And we'll talk to you next week.
1: You too, Joel. Be well and, uh, be grateful for all the things we have in this life. I, I will talk to you next week, my friend. All
0: right. Talk to you later. See ya. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, Please give us a five-star review. We need your love to help us continue highlighting the funnier side of the law. I want to give a special shout-out to our Vice President of Operations, Wendy Oster. Without whom this entire operation would be a mess. Sean Wynn and 155 Features for making me sound way better than I actually do. Brooke Bolin for spreading the good word about us. And Ryan Kuhn and Paul Kuhn of Triplicity Marketing for our technical and computer support.